Welcome to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice. There's no acceptable alternative if you want a plan to live well and on your terms. Complete financial advice equals complete peace of mind. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller from Heller Wealth Management. Today we're going to be talking about bonds, right Larry? Yes, Eric. So Barry Bonds, uh, oh no, not Barry Bonds. Who are we talking about? We're just talking about regular bonds. Regular bonds. All right. I know very little about bonds, so you're going to really have to walk me through this. Uh, where are we starting today? Yeah. So, you know, bonds are, I, I find, a very misunderstood investment vehicle by most, most of my, my clients. Mm-hmm. And with you know, the stock market still, you know, up there and highs after nine years um, and interest rates starting to creep back up where the, the returns now are starting to look better than they have been. More people are looking, you know, looking to do bonds. So I thought it'd be great to have a conversation, you know, what bonds are, where they fit in your portfolio and the types of bonds out there to educate everybody. All right. Yeah, that'd be great. How many types of bonds are there? So there's, well, there's numerous types of bonds. There's a couple different categories, you know, categories between, um, you know, government bonds and corporate bonds. Mm -hmm. Why don't I kind of, you know, go back and really, you know, talk about what actually is a is a bond. Yeah, so that'd be a great you know, so a, a bond is you know is actually a form of debt. It's a, it's you loan money to a company or a city or a government and they promise to pay you back in full hopefully with regular interest payments. Okay. Um, for you know for example, a, a city wants to build a bridge you know, so they sell bonds to raise money, so they have money to build the bridge. And over time, the city collects enough taxes, so they'll be able to pay you back the money that um, was was loaned, either through taxes or sometimes through tolls. And also, a corporation may want to expand their you know operations, so um, they don't want to let, uh, give out more shares, so they decide to uh, to sell bonds. So you actually own a you know a piece of that you know company because they're loan you know loaning you money you own the company you own a piece of the bonds, so uh, so they're going to loan you money which again will be repaid over over time. You're loaning them money, correct? You're loaning the company money, correct? Got it. And the company is going to pay you back interest, and then in, at some time down the road, it's going to pay you back your principal. Oh, okay, great. I didn't know corporations did that. I knew city and government and things like that, but that's new. No, there's been corporate bonds, and there's a lot of different corporate bonds. I'll go, you know, I'll go, you know, I'll go through that. But there are there's corporate bonds have been around for a long time. Obviously, the risk, which I'll talk about, is a little bit different of a corporate bond than a government bond. So we'll go through, you know, we'll go through that. All right, sounds good. So the, the you know the, so the types of bonds kind of broadly the types of bonds are you know U.S. government bonds whether that's treasury bills treasury notes treasury bonds savings bonds or, or types of U.S. government bonds and then you have uh, state or city bonds also called municipal bonds and thirdly there are you know there are corporate bonds so though broadly those are the the, the bigger type of, uh, of bonds, the different type type of bonds that you can you can buy, uh, depending upon your tax bracket, um, will determine whether it makes sense to buy a municipal bond or a corporate bond, or if you're investing inside a 401k 
or a um, IRA. Obviously, you want to do corporate bonds and not municipal bonds because it's already tax deferred. So those are the those are the types of you know types of bonds that are out there. And how much can you get a bond for? I mean, how does that? I don't I don't understand how you purchase a bond or a, a set of bonds. How's that work? Yeah. So 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 let's talk, let's talk about all the different characteristics of the, of the bonds, and then kind of back into how you you know how you purchase you know how you purchase um, you know purchase a bond. All right. So there there are a few different things that you know when you look at a, a bond that you want to be um, cognizant about. And one is the one is the face value. So the face value is if you're buying a bond, let's say a fifty thousand dollar face value bond. That's the the issuing uh, amount of bonds. Well, not the total issue, but that would be the bonds that you would be purchasing. And those bonds have a coupon rate. Let's say uh, you know five you know five percent. And then we'll talk a little bit about par and buying bonds above par and below par. So if you're buying, this is where it gets a little bit, um, little bit interesting. I've had clients call me up on the phone. So my friend just bought a triple A rated New York City bond and they're getting 5%. And I'm like, no, they're not earning 5%. The coupon is paying 5%. So yes, if you are buying a bond when they originally issue it, then you would be buying a, a face value, face value at, and a coupon of five percent. If you are buying it at par, you would get five percent, fifty thousand dollars face issued at par. Interest rate is five percent. You would get the five percent, and let's say that bond matures in ten years, you would get five percent for each year. And then 10 years, you would get your $50,000 back. Um, but where it gets interesting is that if you're getting 5% interest and today the 10-year treasuries are just over three, you're not buying that bond at par. You need to pay a premium for that bond. So that $50,000 bond, you may need to buy for ex- pay, for example, $60,000 for that $50,000 bond. You're still going to get your 5% interest for that 10 years. But at the end of 5 years, you, at the end of 10 years, you're getting back $50,000. Hmm. You paid $60,000. So you're kind of lost that $10,000 over those 10 years. So your real return is the 5% interest that you made less the premium that you paid. So your effective rate of return may be, let's say, 2 to 3%. You're not, even though the coupon, the interest you're getting, usually twice a year, you're going to receive that in cash. The actual total return that you earned on that bond is less than the than the coupon. So the 5%, course, Larry, Larry, just just one moment. The, mm-hmm. the 5%, is that compounded every year, or is it just a straight five percent off the fifty thousand bond? It's a straight five percent off the fifty thousand so, dollars. So if I do my math right, over ten years, that's twenty five thousand dollars in interest that you should receive. But then you've paid ten thousand for it, so you've gained fifteen thousand dollars in ten years on a fifty thousand dollar bond that you paid sixty four. That that's that's correct. So hmm. in, in that in that example, you would have earned three percent. Got it. So, so 
Now, previously, when interest rates were were going down, um, there were bonds that were selling for you know for discounts, where where interest rates were higher than five percent. Why would you buy a bond earning five percent when you can buy a new bond earning seven percent? Now we haven't had that in a while, but you know if we do come back to a rising interest rate environment, that may be the case. And in that instance you would be buying the bond at a discount. So instead of buying a bond for $50,000, you may only buy it for $40,000. So you'd still get your 5% interest, but now you're going to get back an additional $10,000, which would increase your return. Mm -hmm. So right now, most bonds are trading at premiums, not discounts, but there are some bonds out there with a coupon rate of 3%. So we may see some bonds trading at discount in the not so near future. Got it. One more characteristic, which I kind of want to throw out there, which makes it even a little bit more complicated, is a callable feature. So like I mentioned before, these bonds mature in 10 years. However, some institutions put in um, call, uh, call clauses that says, hmm, I want to I want to have the option of repaying the loan in less than 10 years. Hmm. So that may be in five years or six years or seven years. So now not only do you want to look at what your return would be to maturity, you want to look at what your return would be to the worst callable date, the first callable date. Because remember, now if it gets called, you won't get that 5% interest anymore, and you're getting back the principal, which if you bought at a discount would be would be less. So that's where it gets bonds kind of challenging to know all the different caveats and all the different parts to determine what is the what is the best return? If the bond to maturity has a great rate, but the, the the return to the worst call is not so good, you may be getting called back at a time that you don't want your money back. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's talk about some of the different bond risks that, right. are, so, that are associated. And there's a f- few of them. So let, let's talk about uh, credit, you know, credit risk. What is credit risk? Well, if you Borrow money if you buy a United States Treasury bond, your credit risk is virtually nil because it's backed by the full faith of the United States government. So the odds of them defaulting are just about nil. So your credit risk is very little. However, if you buy a bond from a small company that's not doing so well, there's a possibility that that company could default on their bond. Sometimes you hear the word high yield or junk bonds on some of these some of these companies. So they have to price their bonds more competitively because of the potential credit rate risk. Even some municipalities, although they've been few and far, there have been some municipalities, such as Orange County, California, that defaulted. So there are some risks involved with different municipalities. And there are a couple of different credit rating agencies that you can look at that. 
but you can't just always determine whether that's going to happen by looking at the current credit risk. And the credit risk could change. So if you buy a bond and you hold it for you know, more than a few years, all of a sudden, maybe that risk, you bought that bond and it was A quality, and now it's dropped down to uh, to to B. So hmm. you need to look at the, you know, the credit risk and make sure you understand what kind of risk that you're getting in, in the bond. So when you're, when you have a higher risk, is there any protection for the, the consumer or is it just, if they default, that's it, you lose your money? Well, I mean, well, first of all, you don't always lose lose your money. It would go onto the bankruptcy side, and you you may not lose all your money, but you may um, lose part of your money depending upon where you are in the pecking order of the bonds when they have to be repaid under the bankruptcy clause. Got it. There is insurance, and there are some insurance ratings out there that you can buy. Obviously, if you you know buy a bond that that you know, that is with insurance, especially a lot of municipal bonds, you're going to pay a, a price for that, which is calculated in the total return. You know, back in 2008, a lot of these bonds from a lot of these corporations went way down. Some of them, the, the insurance uh, companies that were uh, taking care of them went out of business. So, so there is some type of protection, but you want to kind of, you know, kind of look at that and make sure you're comfortable with, you know, the return versus the versus the risk. I'm going to talk a little bit about bonds and bond funds in a little bit to really, you know, mitigate some, you know, some of the you know credit risk. All right. The second risk I'm going to talk about is, you know, is liquidity, you know, liquidity risk. So you know, so for every bond that you, you know, you own, if you want to sell a bond, there's got to be another buyer on the other side. It's not like there, you know, it's a money market account or keeping it in the bank that you can just you know, decide, OK, I want my money back here. There is some liquidity risk and you've got to find a seller on the other side. A, I'm sorry, a buyer on the other side. And that buyer may or may not want to pay you what you think it's worth. So there is some liquidity risk when owning owning bonds. Got it. Thirdly, um, interest rate risk. So if you buying now, you know, a let's say a 15-year bond, a 20-year bond, long-term bond, and you're getting locked into that rate of return for the that time horizon. If rates, interest rates go back up. Somewhere down the road, you may be able to buy a new bond at higher at higher rates. You're stuck with your old bond unless you want to sell it at a sell it at a loss. The good thing is, as long as you hold that bond to maturity, you're going to get back the premium. It's just that you may not have earned as much that if you waited and and rates went up, that you would have gotten with a higher earning bond. Got it. That makes that makes a lot of sense. And finally, I talked about this a little bit: call and prepayment risk. So you've put together a game plan when you want these bonds to mature, and all of a sudden they're called away from you. So now, you, not only you're not earning the full amount, and now you're left with a pot of money to invest. It may or may not be the right time that you want to you know want to invest in another bond. So, uh, so another risk is what I call call and prepayment risk. Yeah. So if you had bought a 10 year bond and they, they do a call as a callback, you said it's called uh, called and they do that at five years. 
then you now have to make plans for that next five years. You may not get a bond that was going to pay as well or, or may not find one that you like. Correct. Got it. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the you know bonds and bond funds and the pros and the you know and the cons. So uh, so because there's a big discussion you know with what's better you know what's better for you and I think there's no right or wrong answer. It depends upon the specific situation and the and the clients and the tax bracket and the amount of money that they're investing. But when you're buying an individual bond. You know, to get good prices, you want to, you know, buy a bond that has a, a good amount, such as, let's say, $50,000 as, as a face value. So if you want to put together a portfolio of bonds and you don't want to buy, let's say you want to buy it to a laddered bond. So what do I mean by laddered bond? So you don't want to buy just all bonds that one bond that's maturing in 10 years. Because now, like I said, with interest rate risk, you don't know what's going to happen going mm-hmm. forward. So let's say you want to buy some bonds that mature in three years, four years, five years, you know, all the way up to 10 years or even more. So in order to buy enough individual bonds, you need significant amounts of money to buy these individual bonds. Mm-hmm. You know, for most part, you know, we look at, we talk to clients, if you're gonna buy individual bonds, it, you know, it should be around a million dollars, uh, 500,000 possibly. But if you're buying 10, $50,000 bonds, that's a half a million dollars, and you have you know, only have 10, you know, 10 bonds. Mm-hmm. Versus a bond fund, when if you buy a bond fund, that fund could own thousands of different bonds. So now you own a small piece of thousands of bonds. So the diversification is important because let's say one of those 10 bonds that you bought went into default. That's a big chunk of your portfolio Absolutely. that you would have in, that you would have invested. It would be a, a very big hit. However, if it's a thousand bonds and a small piece, one of those bonds, you know, defaults, that it's not a, a as big of a hit or a minimal amount, minimal amount of risk. Got it. So making sure, you know, in order to get enough diversification because a risk is, you know, is, is important. Also, diversification possibly on the maturity dates, you know, like I said, laddering it. So, you know, different bond funds could have different maturity, you know, maturity dates. We'll talk about duration in a minute. They can also, so you could buy some bond funds where it's specific to the credit quality you want. Or you can buy some bond funds that have um, various credit, such as some B rated, some A rated, some AAA rated. Also, a bond fund gives you some liquidity. So you don't have to just be concerned about selling your bond. If you want your money back from a bond fund, then you put in request. The bond fund manager has to uh, sell or come out of cash to give you back your amount that you you've invested, you know, in that. So one of the 
you know, the cons of having a bond fund, though, is if there is a lot of people that are requesting distributions from a bond fund, remember I said before, you know, interest rate risk. Mm -hmm. So now the bond fund manager may be forced to sell bonds that they don't want to sell at this particular time because they're down in value but they're forced to sell them at possibly a bad time or a loss. If you're still holding that fund, that could have an impact on the rate of return of the fund that you have purchased. When you buy individual bonds and you hold them to maturity, you know exactly what your rate of return is going to be. You're buying a specific bond for a specific time frame. Yes, you can look at it if it's to a call, you know exactly what your rate of return is to a call or to a maturity. When you buy a fund, you don't know what your actual rate of return is going to be. There's a current yield for that bond fund, but depending upon what the manager does inside that, what new money goes in, what new money goes out, you could actually be down in a bond fund. You know, so one of the, the one of the things that we talk about is is duration in uh, in a fund or even individual bonds. What is the average rate of return of all the bonds that you have? So what is the duration, the length of those bonds to maturity? So for example, if the length of duration is is four, you can start to gain or gouge what the risk is. Um, a duration of four, if interest rates would rise 1% in one particular day, which is a huge change, it wouldn't happen, but 1% rise would mean your bonds would go down by 4%. So mm. if a duration of four, 1% change, it goes down by, by 4%. So there is you know, some interest rate risk and some volatility that you could have on a bond fund if you then wanna want to cash in and sell. If you own your individual bonds, yes, the duration risk on paper, the money, the, the bonds would go down because interest rates have gone up. But as long as you're holding them to maturity, you know you're gonna get back your principal. So those are some of the some of the differences between individual bonds and, you know, bond funds. And like I said, unless you're having a, a, a large amount to invest, most, most people will invest in the, in the funds. But uh, we love the individual bonds and putting together an individual bond portfolio and crafting it properly could give you some, you know, some peace of mind that as long as you hold it to maturity, what you're going to, what you're going to earn over that time frame. Gotcha. All right. What's next to know? So uh, just briefly, you know, you know, taxable or tax free bonds. So it's important to know what your tax bracket is to determine whether it makes more sense to buy a taxable bond or a tax free bond. So for, you know, so for an example, if you're buying a um, corporate corporate bond and that earns three percent, and you're in the 30% tax bracket, let's say 40% combined tax bracket, you're only making 1.8% after taxes. Mm. 3% times 0.6, you're making 1.8. So if you wanna compare that to let's say a municipal bond that may be earning 
So first you kind of look at why would I buy a 2% bond over a 3% bond, but in my tax bracket, a 2% bond I'm paying no taxes on versus a corporate bond at 3% that I'm yielding after tax 1.8, a tax-free bond makes more sense. So you kind of want to look at what tax bracket you're on to see what makes more sense. And there may be reasons to buy some taxable bonds for diversification purposes, but you do want to kind of look at both. You, you, you want to look at your tax rate to see what kind of bonds make more sense for you. Got it. So how and why should you use use bonds? So, uh, so one of the things we like to look at, at bonds is your income needs, especially if you're, reti- you know, you're retired and these bonds, like I said before, the coupon rate may be 5%. So you're actually getting some cash. So that may be a good thing, especially if you're retired to, to now in, to replace your salary and your earnings from some of these some of these bonds. So that's one reason why is is the income needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, another is the risk tolerance. Is for most part bonds are less risky than the stock market, so so it reduces your risk. So that's another reason you know why you should consider bonds in your in your portfolio. The time horizon. You know, are you closer to actually using some of this money? So having bonds mature at a certain date when you may need to use that money uh, again is an you know is another reason to 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 do that. Uh, and finally, you know, interest rates are, are, are heading back up and now starting to earn some decent returns. So they're becoming a little bit more uh, of interest to a lot of people. And of course, you know, the tax bracket, especially if you're in your high tax bracket, you know, using municipal bonds. So so those are some of the reasons why you'd want to use, you know, a bond in your in your portfolio. Hopefully I've explained, you know, the, the bond and how it works and have um, gone through some of the um, hidden returns and the hidden um, factors in a bond that, that m- many people are misunderstanding. Yeah, I didn't know quite a bit of this, and so I'm, I'm glad to learn it now. If anybody has any questions on, on different types of bonds or their uses or how a bond is part of your entire portfolio or, or your entire retirement plan, definitely reach out to Larry and his team. Uh, Larry, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, you can reach us at um, on our website at Hello Wealth Management. And uh, you can contact uh, us at 631-293-2806. Fantastic. Thank you, Larry, so much for your time today. You're welcome, Eric. Thank you. You bet. And thank you all for listening to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. That makes it much easier to share with your friends and family who need to hear this information or would like to learn about bonds. For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. We'll see you next time.